and today we will continue our series by moving to a different sport. If you missed the last two episodes, please pause this episode and go listen to the past two because those were our first two episodes in a new series. The greatest players at each position in each sport. Over each of those two episodes, we documented football and the offensive and defensive sides of the ball. And today, we will move on to basketball, which should be easier considering there are only five positions to cover. In addition to that, we'll discuss the craziness of what's happening in college realignment and whether the Pac-12 really does have a future after losing several of their cardinal trademark schools to the Big Ten and Big 12. But let's turn our attention to continuing our series. We're going to give our opinions for the best point guard, shooting guard, small forward, power forward, and center. First breaking down the candidates and arguing for which one is the greatest. Let's start with point guard. With all due respect to the greats at this, the position, including John Stockton, Jason Kidd, Steve Nash, Chris Paul, the list goes on, I think two point guards have separated themselves from the rest of the pack. Former Laker Magic Johnson and former Warriors Steph Curry. Yeah, the main case for Magic revolves around his superstar passing, his gravity, posting up smaller guards, his transition dominance, finishing prowess, and good shooting towards the end of his career, in addition to the five rings he has. The argument for Curry revolves around him being the greatest shooter of all time, a great underrated passer, a solid defender as his career has progressed, and an excellent finisher with four rings. Swish, this should be obvious. The answer is Urban Magic Johnson. He was all a point guard should be as an excellent passer with the true grasp of the fundamentals and IQ for the game, and a great post-up guy with perfect size for the position. He helped inspire modern guys like Ben Simmons and Luka Doncic. That tall guys could be some great point guards as well. Sorry, Ace, but I have to go with the self-proclaimed daddy of the Boston Celtics, Wardell Stephen Curry II. Right. Don't get me wrong, I understand Madison's greatness as a point guard, and this pick is not based off of recency bias from Steph dominating the league over the past decade. The reason I think Steph is the best point guard of all time is not only because of his skill, but his portability. You can trust him to play around everyone. When Madison was the best version of himself, which was not playing with prime Kareem, he needed to run the offense and was extremely ball-dominant. Curry can play the role of both an elite creator and an elite off-ball mover as well. In addition, people don't give him enough respect for his playmaking. His handles are elite, and because of that, and increased strength throughout his career, he generates room pressure and open looks for his teammates. In addition to that, while many not Curry for his defense, Magic was not a great defender either. Against smaller guards, he'd get burned because of non-elite foot speed, and he wasn't an elite rim protector since he had minimal vertical pop. Taking all this into account, it's difficult to compare Eros and with the Magic could have also been a good off-ball shooter as well. That still got Curry. Sorry, man. Curry is not the best shooter ever. Magic has more IQ and better shot selection than Steph does. It's obvious. Steph just pulls up from anywhere, then dances because it's a lucky shot. For the record, he's not the 
dad who owns a Boston Celtics. Now there's Magic. But despite that, Magic is better and has more rings. Agree or disagree, Ace. I know Curry over Magic is still an unpopular take, but my perspective is this. If I was building a team and had the choice of getting a point guard that would undoubtedly mesh with all the players on my roster, Curry would be my choice. Whatever. Let's move to shooting guard. We shouldn't even spend much time on this because the answer is obvious. It's MJ. Yeah, Kobe may have been the most similar to MJ out of all the shooting guards you could think of, but Jordan is simply untouchable and probably will be for the rest of time. Let's move to small four. This is also obvious. It's LeBron. Bird is great as well, but LeBron's athleticism, creation, and peak all-around game is unrivaled among small forwards. You can debate MJ and LeBron all you want. You even made a podcast on a GOAT debate earlier, but it's clear they each nominate their own positions. Yeah, but our next positional debate should be more heated, though. We've decided to group power forwards and centers into the same field, since it's difficult to distinguish whether some guys were power forwards or centers, such as a cute, a large one, and Tim Duncan. For this big man title, I've got the man, the legend, Guy who was posted in my room, William Felton Russell. Russell was the greatest defender of all time, bar none. A great passer and a solid finisher. He had 11 rings. You just can't debate that. Personally, Ace, I'm going with Will. I believe Russell's greatness is unparalleled in terms of him being a human being and an athlete. But Will was maybe the most talented big man ever. He was a monster on defense one of the greatest in terms of athleticism ever in any sport. And despite the lack of rings, I think he put it all together in the middle of his career as one of the greatest post-passers, best defenders, and a great post-scorer as well. His production and his prime is unrivaled. Kareem was a good post-passer and dominant with the skyhook, but didn't have the greatest motor or reflexes on D or on the boards. Hakeem was great on both ends and a beast on the boards, but not a great natural post-passer and likely wouldn't have been as good had he played with another elite talent. Russell was insane defensively and a great big man passer, but not an all-time great offensively and relied on his teammates to carry the load on that end. Shaq had a dominant peak as a center, but had a low motor on D as well. I think Will had it all in his prime and was just unfortunate to play against the Boston Celtics all those years and unfortunate to play in an era where he couldn't elbow guys or get away with physicality the way Shaq did. It's a narrow, close battle, and I can easily say any one of those other guys was the best center of all time, however, but I've still got Will. Last time I checked, Will has two rings. Russell has, hmm, let me see, 11. Man, the whole rings debate is overrated because, well, it's true, everybody had a worse supporting cast than Russell throughout his career. Basketball Reference conducted a statistical study over a decade ago about supporting cast of some star players and found Russell had a 10th best supporting cast of all time, while Chamberlain had about an average group of teammates throughout his career. Greatness isn't just about the number of ranks and needs to be viewed in a larger context to make decisions about all-time players. Man, whatever. Russell is the best center of all time, and you know it. Anyway, let's move on to the rampant college realignment news that has swept college sports over the last few weeks. The Pac-12 is falling apart, people. 
to anyone who is scratching their heads about this realignment news, some perspective, it all began a couple years ago when Oklahoma and Texas announced plans to join the SEC. The Big 12 was left scrambling and needed to rejuvenate interest in their conference. So they went out and got premier mid-major schools in Houston, Cincinnati, BYU, and UCF. But they weren't done building yet. In that same time period, UCLA and USC, two of the Pac-12's major schools, joined the Big Ten, causing a geographic stir. This year, in the midst of lengthy negotiation talks on the part of the Pac-12 on a new media rights deal, everything began falling apart. Colorado was the first team to flock to the Big 12, joined by the latest schools, Arizona, Utah, and Arizona State. Oregon and Washington said deuces and went to the Pac-12 as well, leaving Florida Maven schools. Cal, Stanford, Washington State, and Oregon State. What's next for the Pac-12 in these four schools, and how do you envision these conferences handling the geographical mismatches? I say the Pac-12 has very little ways of surviving as a Power 5 conference after losing all of their Cardinal schools, and Stanford and Cal may flock to another because of their reputations academically and athletically. There are very little ways of rejuvenating the Pac-12's death in such a short period of time. Since Mountain West exit would take a few years given their TV rights deal, I think it's dead ace. We might as well call the new conferences the fearsome four because I think Pac-12 is on the verge of extinction. Yeah, the Big 12 went out and made moves rejuvenating their conference, I also don't think the SEC is necessarily done. As they could at schools, Florida State and Clemson from the ACC. All right, let's wrap up this podcast. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed. Make sure to drop a follow on this podcast, or else, peace.